Let's begin by praying because I really believe God does. Well, He always is speaking. He wants to especially speak something this morning. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's always speaking and He has something to say this morning. I'm trusting. So Father, in the name of Yeshua, we come before You and ask that we would have ears to hear. That we would hear not only audibly, but in our spirits. That we would uh, be able to... uh, to encounter your presence, that we would be able to experience your words, which are spirit and life. Father, I ask you to manifest your presence in this place. I ask you to uh, reveal yourself because you are the word of God. Become flesh. Lord God, that you are the living and, and uh, you are the living one. You are alive You are here right now. Your word says, whenever two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. So we are asking you to uh, reveal yourself, show yourself, give us understanding, give us uh, an understanding of our calling in this present day. And Lord, we ask this in the name which is above every name on earth and in heaven. The name of Yeshua, the Anointed One, the Holy One of Israel. Thank you, Abba. Amen. Amen. I was going to begin by praying for Israel, but I understand things are under control right now. Uh, Most of the fires are under control. Uh, There was a, a real onslaught recent days. A good friend of mine actually had to leave his apartment in Haifa as the enemy continues to uh, harass and uh, futilely attempt to destroy the Jewish people, which is impossible. Well, here I am in a Messianic Jewish congregation. I was here, I don't know how many, maybe 15, 20 years ago. I don't remember. If anybody has a good memory, you might remember I, I, was, I was here. And so... Uh, I want to ask a few questions. What does it really mean to be Messianic and Messianic Jewish? What does it mean to follow the Messiah? To become his disciple? To become an imitator of the rabbi from Nazareth who was and is and is to come He's the shepherd of Israel. He's the root of Jesse, Emmanuel. He's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He is the apostle of our faith. And we know that he was not merely a good moral teacher or one of the ascended masters, as he is spoken of in the New Age world. Um, But we know what a person is by what he says about himself, and we even know more about him by what he does. And that defines him. And I want to go to a scripture, and I'm, not going, I'm going to go through it very quickly, but focus in on, on some of the words of Yeshua. And uh, I'm reading in, from Luke 19, verse 2, where there was this uh, Jewish tax collector named Zacchaeus. He was actually the chief tax collector, and uh, he was 
rich, and he was corrupt, and he was small. So he climbed on top of a tree to see Yeshua as he was walking by, and Yeshua called to him and said, I'm staying at your house tonight. Just those words, just those words caused Zacchaeus to say, half of my goods, half of everything I have, I'm giving to the poor. Now, he didn't even really have a spiritual experience with Yeshua. All he was, he, Yeshua invited himself to his house. He said, just by being in his presence, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I defrauded anyone of anything, I will give him four times as much. And people, were, uh, the religious people were complaining. And Yeshua said, today salvation has come to this house See, since he also is a son of Abraham. And then he said something that defined him. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He also said, and we would do very well to meditate on these words. After he rose from the dead, Yeshua said to them again, Peace be with you. Shalom Alechem. As the Father has sent me, even so, in the same manner, I send you. He came to seek and to save the lost, sent by the Father to do that. The same way that the Father sent him, he said he sends us. I know from talking to Henry last night there that you have a heart for the lost sheep of the house of Israel and all people. Am I right? That wasn't too loud. He then even says more astounding words. In fact, I've passed over this in the past because it was too much for me to try to understand. But he did say, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Ruach HaKodesh, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he said this, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. These disciples who were filled with fear before he said these words, they were afraid of the religious leadership of Israel. They were ordinary, frightened people who were told that they had power to forgive sins when he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The very first words of Yeshua, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. His very last words, the last verse in the book of Matthew written to Messianic Jews, go and make disciples of all nations. Wow. And then he said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, 
to the close of the age. The beginning of the first messianic disciples of the Messiah was a world-changing movement. No one in all of history has so changed the world as those disciples of the Messiah. No one. Today, the messianic, the modern messianic Jewish disciples began with a movement. You know, the messianic Jewish movement. The problem is, and I've been to many messianic congregations throughout the years, the messianic Jewish movement has stopped moving. To come to a place of understanding what it looks like for Jewish people and for those who are joined to them to follow the Messiah, we read in the scriptures that there was a model that was set up. And it talks about it in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. It says, but grace was given to each of us according to the measure of the Messiah's gift. Therefore, it is said, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives. There's not a lot of detail about it, but when Yeshua rose from the dead, it was way, way more awesome than we could imagine. First of all, the dead rose all over Jerusalem. He wasn't the only one. There was such power released in, in the earth that the dead it, it rose up and started walking around the city. And it says that when he ascended on high in this uh, history-changing power of God intervening and, and destroying the works of the evil one, the probably most momentous things that had ever happened in the history of the world. It says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And these gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the Holy One. You, you who are the Holy Ones and the Holy Ones everywhere or the saints everywhere in every congregation, everywhere are the ones who are to be equipped for the work of ministry for the most part, have been reduced to a weekly audience to hear a message, to listen to music, to go out and eat or inside and eat and maybe do some good things during the week and come back again next week while the world continues to change us instead of us change the world. Because we didn't go far enough. I came to faith in 1975. I had absolutely no idea what happened to me. I only knew that this man, and I didn't even know his name was Yeshua. His name was Jesus. And I thought that I became a Christian. I didn't know 
I knew I was not, I was still Jewish. I spoke like a Jew from Brooklyn, and yet I was now following this guy, Jesus, who my Italian friends didn't really follow. I found, I was talking to, to a, a, we had our family had Greek friends, and I would talk to, to them about Jesus because they didn't really know him. And to me, that was amazing. And yet, I met other Jewish people during that time. And we started saying, well, what are we supposed to do? Are we Jewish? Are we Christian? Are we Christian Jews? Are, what, what are, we, are we supposed to meet on Sunday, on Saturday? And so at that time, these congregations began forming and, and meeting on Saturday because the Bible says that this is the seventh day, and that's the Sabbath day. And, and we began to uh, realize that there was nowhere we saw in the, in the Messianic writings that the disciples were looking for a birthday cake to celebrate his birthday. But rather, he was in the temple during the winter, during the Feast of Dedication. And so we began to embrace the feast days. And, and then we you know, tried to figure out, well, what did the first Jewish disciples of the Messiah, how did they worship? How did they live? Did they wear a talit? Did they wear a kippah? Did they, did they wear tzitzit? Did they say the Shema? Did they face Jerusalem when they, well, they were in Jerusalem. So, you know, so what did they do? So we tried to figure it out. But you know what? With some of these things, we can only guess. But the one thing that we know they did, we don't do anymore. And that is, they went everywhere, and they preached to everyone. In fact, it says that they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that intended it. The disciples said, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Even the prophet Jeremiah, who had the word of God in his heart, he said, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. This is the unrecovered and essential part of Messianic Judaism. The Lord says, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. There is no neutral ground with the anointed one of Israel. He said, either you're for me or against me. He says, enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who find it are many, but the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I believe God right now is desiring his heart is to wake up his body. And I believe he wants to begin with us. That we begin, the first Messianic Jews not only changed the world, they turned it upside down, getting very quiet. Now, I know that in your minds, you know this is right. 
But something has happened. The Lord described the last days. A lot of people are into eschatology and want to understand the last days. But the Lord described what would happen in the last days. And he said, in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And I have been around the country recently, and I will say this, there is a deep freeze over the hearts of most toward the lost. I have seen more openness amongst those who do not yet know the Lord, including Jewish people. Right now, I would say the harvest is more plentiful than it has ever been. The laborers, however, are not only few, they're almost non-existent. I believe that our only response, and I didn't even plan to necessarily say all this to you. I wanted to just give you some kind of a good message. Sorry. I can't. I can't. Um, I will say this. God is up to something. He really is. He wants to, he wants to overthrow the man-made religion that we have embraced. And he wants to release his spirit. And it's all about love. He said we are to love. You want to be Torah observant? Love your neighbor as yourself. Who is our neighbor? There is our neighbor outside of this building. This is a place where we, we encourage each other. Being faithful does not mean showing up in a building once a week or twice a week and studying the Word of God. In fact, you know what? Most in the Messianic Jewish world and in the church world also are so well fed that if they ever did get into a fishing boat, it would sink. But the Lord has given me an analogy. The fellowships in the first century were all like fishing boats. It was all about fishing. They went everywhere. And even when they tried to look for Yeshua, sometimes he'd be out in another city saying, for this is why I came. And he would leave the 99 for the one lost. And I talked about the gifts that were given after the Lord ascended into heaven. He gave the gifts, the gifts the, the reason why there's a pastor is not, you're already pastored. You're already part of the flock. Now you need to learn to pastor the new people who are going to come into the kingdom because you're going to be equipped to do evangelism. And when you're equipped to effectively proclaim the truth to those who do not know the Lord, Guess what? They're going to come into the kingdom. They're going to need your pastoral care. They're going to need to be taught. So the teacher teaches the saints how to teach because you are the ones called to do the work of ministry. The ones up here are equippers. And there's only one real rabbi with the capital R. In this kingdom, there's one big shot. And you know who he is. Everyone else is a servant. And the greater the servant, 
serves the most people. And we are called to serve them, the lost. He gave himself for them. We're already part of his family. Anybody disagree with this? Do you think I'm right? Do you think this is God's word? I think the Lord wants to wake us up. We've been sleeping. He said, he said that uh, the Son of Man is going to come like a thief in the night, but that day will not come upon you as a thief because we are sons of the day. And we hear Him. And we're involved with Him. And we're His disciples. You know, I don't call myself a Jewish believer any longer. Why? Because it says even the demons believe and tremble. I am a Jewish knower. I know who He is. I know He died. I know He rose from the dead. And I know He's coming back. And I know He's appointed us to bear fruit. And he's coming back for the fruit. He's coming back. He wants us to invest our lives in his purposes. Now, he knows that we have responsibilities and we have families because it says in the word of God that if you neglect your relatives, you're worse than an unbeliever. But even so, we can devote ourselves to his purposes. Now, I am not prepared to stay in Columbus. And I'm not even thinking that I'm being asked to stay here. But I will say this. You all must be equipped to do the work of ministry because that is why you are here. This is a football town, isn't it? Could you imagine, I believe that Ohio State is playing today because I met them all in the plane last night. And could you imagine going to a football game and they're in the huddle hearing words from the coach, you know, the cheerleaders are singing songs and they're in the huddle and they stay in the huddle the entire game. That's what it's like when we're taught and we're taught and we worship, sing and we dance and it goes, but we never break out of the huddle and play the game which is out there. Everywhere I've gone since January of this year, I can't help but speak what I'm speaking to you. No matter what I decide to speak, I, I know that this is God's word for us, that he wants to use us to change our cities. You're called to Columbus, Ohio. There are tens of thousands I don't know what the population of Columbus is. Do, you, do any of you? A little over what? Two million. Two million? One, it's like a small town, in other words, compared to New York. Okay. But there are, without a doubt, tens of thousands and thousands of Jewish people that are waiting to meet you, that will come into the kingdom if they hear the truth in a way they could understand it as Jewish people. It is not rocket science to become equipped to be effective with the Word of God. Now, I could go on, but I want to stop. I don't, want, I, I don't have time to equip you, but what I want to do is invite you to come onto gatesofzion.net 
because I changed my website recently, and instead of about my ministry, it's about your ministry. And the whole site is designed to equip you to do the work of evangelism. How do you approach a perfect stranger? How about this? Evangelism for introverts. Do you know that those who are introverts are the most powerful evangelists? Because when engaged in a conversation, they can go deeper than someone who is an extrovert because they've been, they live on the inside. The most powerful evangelists are the ones who think they can't talk to anyone. And so I've designed gatesofzion.net to help equip the body, especially the messianic body, to understand how to speak to everybody and especially to Jewish people. And there is a, uh, I'm going to give out these cards later. There's a ebook that I wrote, Five Steps on How to Provoke Jewish People to Jealousy. Do you know that the body, the, the, those who, of you who are not born Jewish, which is most of the people in Messianic Jewish congregations. But your calling is not so much to observe the feasts of the Lord or to keep kosher or whatever things that you do because you know they're biblical, but it's to cause the Jewish people to become so jealous of what you have that they're going to want him for themselves because he belongs to them before he belonged to you. That is the purpose of our congregations. And in the beginning, in the 70s, you could not stop us from speaking about Yeshua. Wherever you went, people were talking about him. What I want to ask you now, and I don't know exactly how to do this kind of thing, because I don't, there are many different, um, the people of Israel came together in the temple and they brought their offerings to God and they, and they, uh, it was worship. But in the new covenant, our offering, our spiritual offering, our sacrifice is present your bodies. And what I want to ask without any kind of pressure is if you would want to make a statement before God this Shabbat that you want to give yourself to his purposes and offer your body as a living sacrifice for him to use you in the way that he's gifted you to be part of what he began and is not yet finished because he desires for none to perish. What began in Jerusalem is going to end in Jerusalem. And he wants to use us to cause the return of the king to this earth. We can hasten his coming. If you want to make yourself, if you want to present yourself as a living sacrifice before God and say to him, sincerely, for real, Hineni, here I am, send me. I want you to stand. Hallelujah. God's heart, I believe, is glad right now. What does it mean for us to say, here am I, send me? Well, I am going to leave that 
to the leadership of this congregation. How many of you are leaders in this congregation? Could you guys come up here, please? If you're a leader, if you are an equipper in this congregation, those of you who are standing are the ministers. I want you to look out. You have, look what you got here. This is like a small army to take this city. Columbus is not that big. I want you to look at, every, look at everybody. You know them, right? I don't think they're standing up because they were pressured. I think you really mean it. I think that we all know that Yeshua loves us, but he also means business. And he didn't save us for nothing. And he didn't save us to go to a meeting. He, he doesn't save us to go from meeting to meeting. He saves us to go from glory to glory, that we become like him. And so I want to pray for all of you right now. And I call the leaders here is because I believe you guys should pray and strategize how to begin to equip the ministers here so that God could use them to change this city, to impact 100,000 students at Ohio State, is what I understand. And there must be thousands of Jewish students, thousands who have never heard the truth in a way that they can understand it. Yeah, they've heard about Jesus Christ and, and, and the Christian stuff, but they've never heard about the rabbi who wept over Jerusalem. They don't know who he is at all. And so, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to come on each of your servants in this place. Father, I pray that you send your fire from heaven because your word says that your angels are ministering spirits, but your servants are flames of fire. Your ministers are flames of fire. Lord God, I pray that you rekindle, that you remove all coldness, that Lord God, that there becomes a desire and a love for those who do not yet know you, which is just about everybody. Father, I pray that there is a new sense of appreciation that 99% of the Jewish people right now are outside of the kingdom of God. That they are not, they do not know you. They do not know their own king. They do not know the Messiah. The very people who first brought this word to the ends of the earth are outside of the kingdom of God. And this must change. We pray for the heart of God for the lost sheep of the house of Israel and all those who are lost of the nations in our cities. I pray you empower everyone here to begin to receive from heaven the strategy, the love, the power, the anointing, the wisdom to begin to dialogue and love people, smile on them and reach them in an effective way that will work. In the name of Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua, I pray, Father God, that there, this time, this time today will not be forgotten, but that you will use Beth Messiah, this house of the Messiah, to glorify the Messiah and to make you glad, Lord God, to go and to seek and to save the lost in this city.
Father, we pray. I want to pray for those who are the elders and the leaders here for wisdom from on high. Wisdom and passion. Lord, passion. Passion for the lost. Passion. Passion. Lord, change our hearts. Lord God, your word says in the new covenant that you will give us a heart of flesh, that you'll remove the heart of stone. And so I ask you to remove all any hardness that we have, Lord God, or any uh, of us that are caught up in this world, Lord God, yes, we have responsibilities to put bread on the table. We have responsibilities to put a roof over our heads and take care of our children. But Lord, that is where we have to begin and care about those who are on their way to an eternity without God. Lord God Almighty, give us, give us the wisdom that you speak about, which is the fear of God being the beginning of, the wisdom, of wisdom. Lord, we know again that you are our loving shepherd, but when you return to the earth, your eyes are going to be filled with flames of fire. And you are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are not coming back as a suffering servant this time, but as a reigning king that will destroy his enemies and take those who belong to you. Lord God, revive us, Father. I pray that you would revive us, that we begin to say to you, your will be done on earth with my life as it is done in heaven. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Where do we go from here? You know what? God is more interested in using each one of us to the fullest of the capacity that He's created us for than we ever will. I just encourage you, keep your hearts open. I believe it's not business as usual. You know, it's interesting, I was once in a synagogue in Lvov, which is right on the border of Ukraine and Poland. And they asked me to teach. The, and I talked about Yeshua to this Orthodox Jewish synagogue. And the rabbi was out of town. I was able to. <laughs> well, same here, right? <laughs> but I know that Howard's heart beats in the same way for his people. Did you know that? 99% of Jewish people, they don't know Yeshua. And he said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. They do not know God. I'm going to, I believe that you guys are going to move on. I'm going to be praying you do. Um, I have been developing my website. And like I said, I changed it to be an equipping portal. And you'll see there's going to be more and more content on this. The same thing that just happened here happened in Sarasota at a congregation named Beth Messiah. What happened, though, is we met the next day and the day after and the day after. It's not that everybody came every day, but some came every day, and then they began to go out into the malls, the beaches, and the rabbi didn't, we didn't expect anything to happen. The rabbi took 86 people to Israel. His tour was ruined. 
the people began talking about Yeshua to the Israelis, and 50 Israelis came into the kingdom, and hundreds in Sarasota. But it, it was like they didn't know what to do. What should be second nature to us is new now. It's different. Am I right? You didn't have a message like this last week, did you? God is waking us up because we're called to wake them up. They're, you know, they're really asleep, but we've been daydreaming for quite a while. And it's time for us to do the works that we did at first. Doesn't make sense to keep on learning and not doing. It's actually dangerous because it says if you hear the word and you don't do it, you deceive yourself. And deception is one of the greatest warnings of Yeshua concerning the last days. And these may be the very last days. I heard a rabbi the other day, an Orthodox rabbi, he didn't say the Messiah is coming soon. He says the Messiah is coming now. And if you would have listened to him, you would have thought that you were listening to a Messianic Jew, but not the case. He was saying the Messiah is coming now. And he was talking about stuff that's happening. I mean, his insight was so amazing that when he comes into the kingdom of God, watch out. Most of the leaders of this movement are not even born again yet. And I have a real feeling that there are many young Jewish men and women at the university here that are going to come into the kingdom. They just need to hear. And they're not going to hear unless someone tells them, and no one's going to tell them unless they are sent. So I pray right now in the name of Yeshua that the holy ones, the saints, the congregation of Beth Messiah are sent, that you show the strategy to the leaders of sending equipping and sending every one of us to change this city in Yeshua's name. As I am developing this website, I'm also developing an app. Everybody has a smartphone. The app is, what happens when you lead someone to the Lord? Immediately, they need to be fed. They need to be discipled. Too often, they, you know, get some literature and you, maybe you call them. But no, there has to be a real strategy because the Lord sends us not to get people to pray, but to make disciples. And so this app that I am in the process of developing is called The New You. And as soon as someone prays to receive salvation, you download the app and they have everything they need to grow, because the first thing the enemy does is try to snatch the word that was sown in their heart. If you read the parables, Matthew 4 and Matthew 13 and Mark 4. So that I'm doing. That, that the Lord has given me that. The other thing is when you meet a Jewish person, it's not necessarily a good idea to try to get him to pray with you to receive salvation because I mean, he's coming from such a long way. You know, Jewish people, they do not know. It's not that they know nothing about the Messiah. 
they know less than nothing because everything that they know is wrong. And so I am developing another website and I've reserved the name. It's called theforbiddenbook.net. What's the forbidden book? What's known as the New Testament. I never read it until I realized who Yeshua was because I thought it was their book. And there's an unconscious national consciousness that it's not for us. And yet, if you're Jewish and you read it, you see it's all about us. I mean, Israel and the Jews are on every page. And the writers also were Jewish. Jewish people don't know that. Um, it's time to blow the whistle on what really happened in the first century. And you know that Jewish people are very liberal and they pride themselves in, uh, in being very just. Am I right? It's about time we call for a mistrial of the rabbi. Because Jewish people, when they hear about why Yeshua is not believed on by Jewish people, they are amazed. Now, do I have any more time or do I need to close up? I've completely lost track of my time. Okay. I was once asked to speak for five minutes. And I said, I said, do you realize you're asking for a miracle meeting? But I do, I do want to wrap up with what I was saying is that I'm developing that website called theforbiddenbook.com where I want to talk about things. I want to have rabbis on their videos of them talking about how they came to faith. People who have been miraculously healed talking about their healing and then the doctor coming on. People that have had what is known as near-death experiences talking about what they saw, and there are many, and blowing the whistle on what happened in the first century because there have been many lies that have gone forth. You know that when I first came to faith, I immediately went to the Orthodox Jewish community, Williamsburg, in Brooklyn, because I thought they knew that he was the Messiah. And I started in the street. I found that Jesus is the Messiah. Didn't know his name was Yeshua. They were livid. I mean, they were starting to organize themselves. And, and I, I, I knew if I didn't get out of that neighborhood, I would not be here today. But, but I'll never forget this. This young kid with a kippah and, and, and uh, pious curls, came up to me and said, don't you know that they stole his body out of the grave? And then I read that scripture that night in Matthew, and it says that this has been spread among the Jews to this day. How many of you have heard that the Jews rejected Jesus? How many of you have heard that? How many of you even believe that? It's not true. If the Jewish people rejected Yeshua, why did he have to get into a boat to avoid being crushed? Were there Chinese people that were going to crush him? Why, why was it that throughout his three years that the Pharisees were afraid, not the Pharisees, the leaders of the Pharisees were afraid to arrest him? They were afraid of riots. The Indians were going to riot? Think about it. 
why after he raised Lazarus from the dead, did the leaders of the religious people have a meeting and saying, we must stop this or everyone will wind up believing in him. Who were they talking about? Australians? No, they were talking about Jews and myriads and, and tens of thousands of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They followed him and loved him. He was embraced by the people of Israel. It was the religious political power brokers who rejected him. And you know what? The spirits that inspired them wished they never did because if they knew he would rise from the dead, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. That's in our Bibles. It's a lie that Israel rejected Yeshua. And when Jewish people hear this, they want to know more. Again, I've not seen more open Jewish people and all people today, right now, but there's nobody telling them. We're going to change that, amen? So I am developing these three things. And what I would like to do is I'm handing, um, I'd like to hand out these cards. And, and you could actually hand these out too. You can give these out. Because what I'm going to do is I'm giving away my ebook, Five Steps to Provoke Jewish People to Jealousy. Whether you're born Jewish or not, I'll give you one of the steps. When you, if you, how many of you have Jewish friends, family, Jewish? Okay. You, or you can even say to this, this to a Jewish person you just met, because as soon as you meet them, you'll have a relationship with them. So the first step to making a Jewish person jealous is to have a heart for them and pray that your heart is broken for them. And so that if you could look at a Jewish person in the eyes with tears in yours and say, I want... Can I, can I share my heart with you? There's not a Jewish person I know that will say no. And then you say to them, I want, I want you to know something. The thing that is most precious to me in my life, that if I had the choice, I would rather die than lose this gift. It belongs to you before it belonged to me. And you say to them, I want you to know something. This is if you're not Jewish. I love and I worship and I serve with all my heart your God. I love the one you guys call Adonai. I am in love with him. Jewish people have never heard this from people that are not Jewish. Never. Do you know the message of the gospel to Jewish people for the last 2,000 years has been be baptized or we will kill you. Or in modern times, you need to convert and become one of us. I didn't know any better back then, but if anyone says that to me now, is that you don't realize you have become one of us. And that's the truth, according to the Word of God. If you can, if you go on the website on Monday, you'll be able to download this ebook yourself. That's the first step to make Jewish people jealous. Now, if you're Jewish, in this country, Jewish people will ask you, maybe even before they ask you your name, what do you do for a living? In Israel, they won't ask you that. They'll ask you how much you make a year. <laughs> and you can say to them, I'm glad you asked. And you could say, I speak to Christians everywhere. And I let them know 
that everything that they have and believe comes from us. And when I say this to Jewish people, you know what they say to me? They go like this, you're right. And then they say, and you know what else? And I say, no, what else? They say to me, Jesus was Jewish. And they start talking to me about Jesus. Because Jewish people are secretly proud of Jesus. Jewish guy that has his own religion and tons of real estate. <laughs> Come on, he's beyond Mr. Trump. <laughs> so if you can fill out these cards before you leave and pray about it on the top, you could rip off the bottom and I'll be glad to dialogue with you. My uh, email address is on there um, about any questions you might have Go to the website and start learning. There are, there are things on the website that, are, that are, are really helpful, and they're 40 years of experience of making so many mistakes. And so some of the things that are there are, are really work in, in communicating to all people. Like, you know, you know, how do you talk to a perfect stranger? What, what do you say to them? What, you know, how do you, how do you do it? The Lord said, follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. That's what fishing is. You need to know what is bait. What is, uh, what is the fishing line? What, where do you fish? What kind of fish do you go for? Do you fish on the bottom or on the top? I mean, it's really detailed. And it's, it's, it's beautiful, actually, to understand how Yeshua instructs, uh, instructs us how to reach people, even in 2017 coming up. So if you could uh, take the bottom card and it says, I will partner with the gates of Zion. I want you to really pray because I need to do these apps and the website costs money. And if I am able to um, have partners everywhere, especially in the Messianic Jewish community, it would, it would, be, it would be easy if everybody contributed a little. So even if it's as much as, you know, 10 or $15 a month, which will not change your lifestyle at all. I mean, goodness, two or three cups of coffee at Starbucks is easily $10. And it could really make this happen. And the other thing I believe that God wants to do is begin to move the Messianic congregations into a five-fold equipping model so that all of the body becomes equipped and sent. And you know what? Every one of you can go out once every 10 days by, by coming together here or in a home, praying and then learning how and going out to certain areas. And basically, you're not going witnessing. You're not doing evangelism. You're having a cup of coffee. You're taking a walk. You're going to a restaurant but you're being aware that you are sent by God and you're looking for the people that he is called to meet you. You know, he, there's a scripture in there. Are, I have many people in this city. There are many people he has in this city waiting to be rescued by, by you and by others in every city in the United States. And we're still free to do this. You know, in other countries like where there are those who know the Lord 
who are serious about their faith, they pray we get persecuted. The ones in Iran, the believers in Saudi Arabia, the ones in, uh, in China. You know why they pray we get persecuted? Because they know we're not doing the real thing here. But I say, why don't we use our freedom to be obedient? Why do we have to wait to get locked up? And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon either. Thank God. So if you could fill out this and, and any gift you give to the gates of Zion will help get this done. These, these, uh, you know, could you imagine having a website, the forbiddenbook.net, and then putting an ad in the uh, New York Times, completely blank page, www.theforbiddenbook.net and a Star of David. That's it. There needs to be something that Jewish people can go to to meet Yeshua, the rabbi, to see that he is Jewish, was Jewish, is Jewish, will always be Jewish, and is the greatest rabbi who ever lived. Jewish people have never seen that. If anyone can bring that truth to them, that's us. If not us, who? And I like to say, if not now, when? So hallelujah. Father, in the name of Yeshua, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for my brethren here at uh, Beit Mashiach. May you bless this congregation. May you use them. May you fill them with all the fullness of God. May you bring gifts, Lord God, that, that those that are here never really even knew that they have. May you use them like they've never been used before. May you send strong encouragement, strong encouragement, strength, life, intimacy with you, and the pouring out of living water to wherever they go. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen.